Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. South Carolina's women's basketball team is set for a massive showdown later tonight against the LSU Tigers, one that could have massive implications on their future dominance of the sport. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Line, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on Fan Nation. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. As always, we are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. It is possibly the biggest matchup of the season to this point for Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks as they are gearing up for a massive showdown with the number nine LSU Tigers later tonight. So we're going to talk about that game all throughout today's show. I'm going to be joined later on the show by Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenn to get her insight into the Tigers squad and to really give y'all a more in-depth analysis on what we think could potentially happen with this basketball game. But I want to start off this show with the implications that this game could have on the future for South Carolina. You might be a bit put off by that in the sense that you might not understand where I'm going with this. And to give you an idea of why I'm looking at the future outlook for this program based on tonight's game, I want to bring up a couple of points to y'all. The first thing that I want to bring up to y'all is how both of these teams were constructed. South Carolina, for the past several years, mainly since the 2019 recruiting cycle, has been built through the high school recruiting ranks. South Carolina rarely takes a transfer outside of their program. This past offseason obviously was a rare instance where they did that with Oregon transfer to Hina Powpow, one of South Carolina's starting guards on this year's team. And as for the LSU Tigers, while it wasn't completely due to the transfer portal, they built this current squad in part through transfers this past offseason as LSU got both Haley Van Lith from Louisville and Anissa Morrow from DePaul. They also landed Angel Reese two offseasons ago from Maryland. So three out of the Tigers' five starters were basically five-star headline-type transfer portal players that were already at the college level. Now, the reason why Kim Mulkey did this, in part, was one, they had a lot of momentum after winning the national championship last year. And so, you know, you can't blame the head coach of the program 
for wanting to try to keep that momentum or somehow maybe even build on it. And that's what they did with their acquisitions of Van Lith and Moro. The other thing is this. You have to imagine that Kim Mulkey, knowing that South Carolina was still going to reload this year and still be right at the top of the sport, needed to have better depth, needed maybe some more star power on her team. And so I would venture to say that she did what she did in the portal this past offseason in part because she wanted her team to be able to challenge South Carolina on a much greater scale. Because last season, obviously, LSU, yes, it was in Columbia. They just weren't able to put up much of a consistent fight against the Gamecocks this past season. The other thing that I want to bring up is what happened this past March. South Carolina obviously lost in the Final Four to Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the LSU Tigers, they took full advantage of that happening. They wound up defeating the Iowa Hawkeyes in a shootout in the national championship game, winning a national title in just Kim Mulkey's second year down there in Baton Rouge. So the reason that I bring all of that up is to say this. If South Carolina loses this game to LSU on Thursday night, sure, it does not mean, obviously, that the season is over. It doesn't mean that they're not going to win the national championship later this season. It is just one game in a lot of y'all's eyes. But if LSU does win tonight, it would indicate the possibility that building essentially a super team through the transfer portal is the quickest way to get to a stage, to get to a point where you can not just only contend with South Carolina, but you can, in fact, beat them. And sure, South Carolina doesn't have to worry about a team like Georgia or Vanderbilt, for example, trying to do something like that. But a team like Maryland, a team like a UCLA, maybe a UConn, those kind of teams that are at the very top of the sport right now, year in and year out, those kind of teams might see that and they might decide to change their own strategy and target the transfer portal a lot more. And so South Carolina's ways of trying to develop talent out of the high school ranks, it would be challenged to a much more significant degree potentially if they drop this game to LSU. And that's just when it comes to the recruiting side of things. The other thing that a loss to the LSU Tigers could signal is that Maybe the Gamecocks losing in the Final Four and losing out on a shot at the national title last season wasn't a total fluke. Maybe other teams are indeed catching up to them, especially one in their own conference in the LSU Tigers. Because that would mean the LSU not only has won a national championship, but also they managed to finally do something that they have not done in 12 years to this point, which is beat South Carolina. And I know that after having said all of that, a lot of you are probably sitting there and you're just shaking your head at what all I'm saying. And you're probably thinking I'm looking way too deep into this. But if you feel that way, just bear with me for a couple more minutes. Because there's an example, a recent example in women's college hoops of a team that was at the top of the sport and fell off slowly but surely over the next few years. That team is UConn. In 2017, 
UConn, much like South Carolina this past season, was undefeated going into the Final Four. They played a team at Mississippi State that a lot of people didn't think could contend probably with UConn. The Huskies wound up losing at the buzzer to the Bulldogs and got knocked out. And at that time, a lot of Husky fans and a lot of women's college hoops fans probably did not think that that was essentially the end of the UConn dynasty, that they would be able to contend for more national titles in the years to come. But since that result, UConn has only appeared in one national title game, and they have not won a championship since. That all took place almost seven years ago. So my point here is this. South Carolina may very well be the standard in the sport right now. I think it's fair to say that they are because of their consistency and the fact that they have won multiple national titles in the past five, six years or so. But the Gamecocks have to be careful letting LSU open that door a little bit more into the room of supremacy. The room of supremacy right now is ruled by South Carolina and South Carolina pretty much alone. But them allowing LSU to win that national title last year, because let's be honest, if the Gamecocks are playing in that game, LSU's not winning the title. I think just about anybody, including some LSU fans, would agree with that sentiment. But the fact that that did not happen, the fact the Tigers did win the national title, it cracked the door open. So, for Don Staley and the Gamecocks, tonight, they need to take personally. And they need to slam the door shut and not allow this to potentially snowball to where it could have long-ranging effects on this program that some fans don't see until they've already taken place. So tonight's game, it's an understatement to say it's a big one. South Carolina, they have to win this game. Not just for the SEC regular season title race, not just for potentially getting the number one overall seed, but They need to win tonight's game in order to remind everybody and let everyone know that they are still the top team in this sport and plan to be the top team in this sport for the next several years to come. Now, some of y'all may have not seen LSU play up to this point in the season, and so you might be wondering, what could we expect out of the Tigers? Well, I'm going to be joined by Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenn to discuss the Tigers basketball team and dive into the matchup a little bit deeper. We're going to do all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and LED headlights, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part's guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. We've got a big game taking place later tonight between the number one South Carolina Gamecocks and the number nine LSU Tigers over in women's college basketball. It is probably the biggest game of the year to this point. And so I couldn't talk about this game by myself. And that is why I'm pleased to be joined by Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenn to talk about this matchup. Caroline, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me. You know, the last time these two met, at least in, in Columbia, was Super Bowl Sunday. And that felt very sit- very fitting because it was the Super Bowl of women's basketball. So it should be a, uh, another blockbuster here coming up tonight. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It's becoming one of the bigger matchups in the entire sport considering the implications that this game has, both from a conference standpoint and from a potential national title contention standpoint. And we'll be sure to touch on all of that as the season continues to progress. But Caroline, let's start by diving into tonight's game. Uh, Let's go into LSU's side of things real quick because obviously they had some stuff that happened beginning of the season that led to some people being concerned. You know, they lost their season open to Colorado, and then there was the stuff that happened with Angel Reese. Uh, Katari Poe ended up, or excuse me, Katari Poole wound up leaving the team, is no longer with the Tigers. And there was some people thinking that, you know, maybe LSU, they, they might have some issues behind closed doors. But that seems to have kind of been mended over the past few weeks. Do you think that that's the case? It was definitely not the start that any of us expected, nor was it the start that I think that they expected within the locker room. But also when you step away from it and you look at it from a 360-foot view, you know, you had two returning starters. Of course, it was two very good returning starters in Angel Reese and uh, in Flage, but you had a lot of new pieces. You had Anissa Morrow coming in from DePaul. You had a Haley Van Lith coming in from Louisville. You had Michaela Williams coming in as a true freshman. You had a lot of new pieces. As you know, as I know, as all of our listeners know, that you can't have five individuals in your starting five. It really, truly needs to be a unit. And by the time that the season started, I don't think that they were playing truly as a unit. I think they're starting to try and to, to, to find their footing. As you mentioned, you know, Angel Reese was out for four games. You were dealing with injuries. You had a lot of shakeup uh, amongst the starting five and amongst this roster that I think now they're finding the way that they want to play. I mean, offensively, it's the leading offense in all of women's college basketball. They're averaging 92 points a game defensively, that's really where LSU needs to start improving, which if you followed any of LSU football this year, that was exactly the story of LSU football. I'm sick and tired of talking about bad defenses. Um, LSU lost to Auburn on the road last week. And I looked at that game. I said, that can either be 
you know, really damaging to this season. It can have a domino effect, or this could be the best thing that this team needed, kind of a wake-up call. From what we've seen in those two games since, I, it's looking to me more like a wake-up call than it is potentially a domino effect. They had a slow start against Alabama in the first half, and they really woke up. You know, Flage, after the game, she said, you know, I saw um, – Oh, who was it? It was an Alabama player at 18 points. She said at halftime, I saw that she had 18 points and I said no more. And she stopped it. You know, the 18 points was all she wrote in the first half. Um, so I think that that was kind of a wake up call. They scored 26 points in the third quarter. Uh, and then, of course, I think that they played maybe one of their better, more complete games against Arkansas earlier this week. We saw Haley Van Lith with probably her best and most complete game in an LSU uniform. She had 20 points, six assists, about 40% from the the field. So I think that you're starting to see this starting five, at least really kind of carve out their roles. And we're starting to see that on any given night, any of those starting five could have a 20 to 25 point game. I think they're starting to gel. They're starting to play their best basketball of the season. Yeah, I would say that I agree with you in terms of the offense uh, when it comes to South Carolina as well. You know, the Gamecocks, they have not been known for having a high-powered offense the past several years. Don Staley has always been known as a defensive-minded coach, someone that wants her team to hang their collective hats on the defensive end. But this is a game where you're going to see potentially a lot of scoring, uh, you know, depending on how things play out. And uh, speaking of how things play out, you know, Caroline, this game is taking place at LSU this time around. Last time, of course, it was in the Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina. It did not start off great for the Tigers. Maybe the game's magnitude got to them a little bit. And it just kind of seemed like from that point on, they were, you know, in an uphill climb the rest of the way. So how big of a deal do you think it is this time around for the Tigers to have home court advantage? Do you think that it could affect the Gamecocks on Thursday night? I think it's definitely a factor. Uh, I don't think that the PMAC is necessarily known to be the most menacing environment in all of college basketball, but I expect that place to be completely packed out and I expect it to be incredibly loud. Um, there's bad weather in Baton Rouge. There's been flooding around LSU that could potentially have an impact, but really overall, I expect that place to be incredibly packed. I've seen it for men's games, women's games, gymnastics meets, that when there is a high profile event, which this absolutely falls into that category. LSU fans are going to show up and they're going to show out. I look at South Carolina though, and it seems like road environments don't phase them. It's what 27 road wins in a row. That's an insane streak, especially considering wherever that South Carolina team goes, they're going to attract a crowd. Uh, whether it's you know it's at Clemson, whether it's at LSU, whether it's at Arkansas, wherever it might be, they're going to attract a massive crowd. So this is something that they're used to. LSU now, this is becoming something that they're used to, that they also draw a massive crowd, that they've been playing on the biggest stages in college basketball. So I do think that, that it will be a factor, that it's going to be loud, that there are, there's going to be a ton of fanfare. Uh, but overall, I think that these are two teams that, are used to this in especially South Carolina. They've proven that they're used to this and they can, uh, they can thrive on the road. Yeah, yeah certainly, certainly a game, game that's going to draw a lot of attention in Baton Rouge and the SEC and also from ESPN as college game day is college going game to day. be. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, again, again, it's going to, I think, be a, a very, very, very high matchup later on tonight. You talk about the star power that LSU has in the starting lineup, and there's a lot of it. You got Haley Van Liff, who came from Louisville this past offseason, Anissa Murrow from DePaul. You have Angel Reese, obviously, Flage Johnson. There's a lot to like about that starting line for LSU, but in this game, 
game, if there's one player that you think needs to go off for the Tigers, who is that player and why? That's a good question. And, you know, it's a cop-out answer for me to say just the starting five in general. But LSU is a team that really doesn't have a lot of depth off the bench. That I view some of the, the bigger differences between South Carolina and LSU. I would be willing to put LSU starting five up against any team in America, South Carolina included. But when it comes to depth, if LSU gets into foul trouble, that's really what starts to hurt them because they just don't have quite that depth or that star power that they have in the starting five. But I'm going to say Michaela Williams. She is a true freshman, and I think she's kind of been more of the indication of this new era of Kim Mulkey LSU basketball. Louisiana is not a state that's really known for its basketball players. Michaela Williams is a, a local Louisiana player, and she doesn't play like a true freshman. Like, even from game one all the way until now, she looks like somebody that's been doing this for a long time. You know, you talk she's about phenomenal. how she's phenomenal. You talk about how maybe the environment could impact this game. I've thought about that with Michaela Williams before. Starting SEC play, I thought, okay, she's going to start to get rattled. Haven't seen that. She plays with this cool, calm, and collectedness that you don't really see with young players. And she also, I mean, like, she can go off on, on any given night. She has a fantastic, lethal jumper. So, you know, you need Angel Reese to play a large role. You need Haley Van Lith to have a game more reminiscent of the Arkansas game and less so the Auburn game when she was really hurting LSU more than she was helping LSU. I'm hoping that she found a little bit more of her offensive footing. Uh, but I think if you talk about an X factor, somebody that you wouldn't expect or maybe not a household name, it's Michaela Williams, the true freshman. Yeah, for selfish for selfish reasons, I'm hoping that in this matchup, uh, Michaela Williams and Malaysia Fulwell at some point go up against each other in a one-on-one -on -one because those were two of the better um, five-star prospects in this past recruiting cycle, two of the best freshmen of women's college hoops this year. And yeah, they both can absolutely affect the game in their own way. So that would definitely be a great matchup to watch in this contest. In just a couple moments, Caroline Fenn and I are going to give y'all our reason for optimism and concern for both of these basketball teams and our final thoughts and prediction. All of that in just a few moments. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Continuing our conversation here with Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenton. Caroline, let's now talk about a reason for optimism and concern for both of these teams. And we'll start with you. What are you maybe uh, excited about? And what's one area of this game that uh, worries you if you're an LSU fan? I'm really excited to see the biggest test that LSU has on their schedule so far. You know, look at you look at Angel Reese. He, she is the focal point. She is the face of this LSU program. But she's going to have her toughest test going up against Camila Cardoso. She's six seven. You know, you don't see that very often. I mean, she's she is literally and figuratively huge for this yeah. South Carolina team. So that's going to be a huge test and I'm intrigued to see kind of how they respond maybe in some adversity, how they're able to keep themselves in this game, how they're able to keep themselves out of foul trouble. Like I mentioned, you know, really have that depth, but my biggest reason for optimism, it may seem obvious, but it's true. It's the fact that I believe that LSU can outscore 
anybody. The fact that LSU's offense has been so incredibly electric. And like I mentioned, the fact that any of this starting five, whether it's Flage, whether it's Michaela, whether it's Haley, whether it's Angel, so on and so forth, like they can give you a 20 to 25 point day. They get any five of them in any game on any given Thursday can uh, can really impact and change the game. So that gives me a lot of optimism. And also, of course, even though South Carolina does have this incredible road game winning streak, having this game at home is different. It's hard to play on the road in college basketball as easy as Don Staley has maybe made it look. You know, I, I made this point to Lockdown LSU listeners whenever LSU lost at Auburn. I said, look, Neville Arena is a really hard place to play. In college basketball, even the best teams lose on the road. Like we saw earlier this week, Kentucky falling by double digits at South Carolina. You know, giving a little uh, little love to our Gamecock listeners out there. So it's Appreciate hard that. to win on the road. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that plays into LSU's favor because I know Tiger fans are going to show up and show out. Yeah, on South Carolina's side of things, Caroline, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Camilla Cardoso going up against Angel Reese. In terms of uh, name notoriety, that's definitely going to be probably the biggest individual matchup in this game. And I have to admit, I like the matchup for South Carolina in that regard because, you know, Kim Mulkey told the media the other day in Baton Rouge that LSU does not have anybody that can match up with Cardoso's size. And the thing is, everybody focuses on the fact that Cardoso is six foot seven, And so they kind of just assume that she just kind of sticks her hands up and she finds a way to get to the basketball. But Cardoso also moves quite well for the frame that she does carry. And so I think that that's the reason for options for South Carolina, because, you know, if LSU can't stop her, then they got to provide more attention to her in that matchup. It could open things up at the perimeter at the same time. That's where I'm concerned about this game because South Carolina, as good as they've been defensively for so long under Don Staley, I have seen a few games this year where they have allowed their opponent to hit a lot of three-point shots. It hasn't been often, but there has been moments where they've had lapses. And you mentioned earlier, LSU offensively, you think they can outscore anybody. LSU's got a ton of good three-point shooters in that lineup. Haley Van Lith, obviously, can probably score from anywhere on the floor. Michaela Williams, I've seen her knock down some crazy three-point shots. Anissa Murrow can step out. Flage Johnson can hit a three-pointer occasionally. LSU's got legitimately four people in that lineup that can shoot the three-ball throughout the game. And if I'm a Gamecock fan, that worries me. If you are slowing your rotations, if you maybe let them get on transition, that could be where trouble starts to loom over your head throughout the course of this ball game. Caroline, we've now reached pretty much the end of our talk here. So what are your final thoughts and what is your final prediction for this game? Yeah, one thing that just brings me concerned ahead of this game is LSU's defense. Is that something that Kim Mulkey stresses every time she speaks to the media? We have to be better on defense. We need to be tougher and more aggressive defensively. I think we saw a little bit of a breakthrough against Arkansas earlier this week, but no disrespect to Arkansas, they're not South Carolina. And they they are not the team that Don Staley uh, has on that court. So it's going to be incredibly difficult. It's something that LSU has struggled with all season long, and this is their toughest test. I don't think that defensively they're quite in the form to be able to, to really limit what South Carolina wants to do. Now, another thing is, if this game becomes high scoring, I think that leads in LSU's favor. That if it gets into a shooting match, like LSU can win it in a shooting match. But if they get limited in their scoring in the 
60s, low 70s, that's not a game that I feel confident that LSU can win. Because if you're going and if you're scoring in the 60s and 70s, that South Carolina defense is stifling your leading scores, most likely for the most part. So I'm actually going to lean. We look at these two offenses and we can say that this could be a hundred something to a hundred something game. I'm actually leaning toward this being a lower scoring game. And I am going to give it to the favor of South Carolina just because I think right now they are playing much cleaner basketball where LSU might still have some identity that they need to, to iron out. The thing that I think makes South Carolina different this year as a team, it's not just all the new players that they have in their starting lineup, but it's the fact that South Carolina, they now can play a couple different ways on the court. For you know, I talk about hanging their hat on defense. South Carolina, for the past several years, they've been known as a team that they just feed the ball over to the front court. They give it to an Aaliyah Boston, or they give it to an Asia Wilson or Camila Cardoso, and they would just basically say, go to work, draw fouls, and we're just going to make this basically a slugfest, and we're going to wear our opponents down in a war of attrition. But this year's team is different because they now can actually play with some tempo. They can play in transition. They're not afraid to do that. Raven Johnson, you're going to see times where she's going to get the ball, and she's just going to haul butt down the court, and she'll be looking for someone that's open, or she'll just take it right down the driving lane. At the same time, they've got another guard in Tahina Pow Pow, their best three-point shooter, but she also can play the point guard position, and there'll be times where she gets the ball, and she'll kind of slow things down. Let, let's calm down. Let's run a set play. Let's make sure we get a good look on this possession. They can play both of those styles and be just as effective, and that's something that we could not say about South Carolina the last several years, but I think this season it's different for them on the offensive end. So I agree with you. I think that South Carolina's going to find a way to win this game. Would not surprise me at all if, if LSU makes this a close one all the way down to the wire or if they come out with the win. I think that there's a lot of star power that both of these teams possess. And um, really, truthfully, it might be just a, a depending on whose who's style works the best in this game. So... Caroline, thank you so much for coming on to today's show. Really appreciate all of your insight on the LSU Tigers. Where can all the Gamecock fans find your work on the LSU Tigers and every other team that you cover? Yeah, yeah, you can find me on the Lockdown LSU podcast on any of your preferred podcast platforms or on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one or follow the podcast at Lockdown LSU. All righty, thank you for coming on to today's show. Once again, for all you Locked On Gamecock viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Enjoy the big game tonight, and I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.